Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Well, that's Cowboy Joe and that dream band of the West, Trail Jazz. Let's swing on down to Swingtown, Cowboy. Are you ready, fellas? Yeah, boy. I'll can it off for you. One, two, three, four. Swing on down to Swingtown. Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. It's bright and sunny here. What you got going on in your neck of the woods? It is a beautiful, sunshiny day in Nashville, Tennessee today. And we're about 80 degrees and a low humidity factor, so that's kind of a good thing. So I mm, think fall is on its way. Oh, yeah. You know? I think <laughs> on its way. I've been watching the leaves falling out here, so it's 
color in Tennessee will be absolutely gorgeous at the end of the month through October and the first part of November. And so we're kind mm-hmm. of excited about that. But um, we're excited about the show we've got today. We have got a lot of great music in store and a pretty good guest. Who's joining us on the campfire cafe today? <laughs> uh, one of our favorites, Mary Kay, is standing by, eager to come on. She's our guest this morning, and it's been a while since we've caught up with her. I think since uh, June of uh, 2020. So lots to cover. Well, we do have, and uh, and I guess I'll just say Mary Kay Holt is one of my favorite guests to have on. So. <laughs> I kind of I got kind of thought about that. You know, I used to have her on once or sometimes even twice a year. And since we got married, I haven't had her back on. So <laughs> I thought it, it was, was time. time. It was time. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyway, on Saddle Up America, we're going to be visiting with an equine therapy program. It's called uh, Three Point Center, located in Hurricane, Utah. The guest is going to be Rod Mays. He's director of the horse program there and for the next three weeks we'll be talking with different equine therapy programs across the country on saddle up america so we invite you to tune in for saddle america right after the campfire cafe but right now let's take a listen to a fun song from mary Kay. it's called strict nine and when we come back we'll be talking with her today on the campfire cafe was mine. I've traveled the world in the lot of scene, but I never met a cow so far as mean as strict nine. Black cow would see me with a bucket and stool. Black cow's religion was a bovine rule. Before you give him milk, you gotta give him well, you get the idea, and she did it well, strict nine. I'll try to take a milk and she take a little turn. That's just one of the many dances she loves. She followed a lesson, dust that dough, kick that bucket, and away she goes. Strip nine. At other times, she made me think she'd changed her way. While all the while devising evil plans as she grazed. With the speed of an arrow and cat like grace, she'd whip that tail across my face. Strip She let the milk at your side Almost down to dripping high But just when I thought I had her tame That cow would remind me why she named strip nine I think I learned a lot about Hard work and what is not in I think I learned about what my daddy calls character When I left home for my first job there That old cow jumping and died Mysteriously Hmm Her daddy had a cow named Strick Nine And the evening milking job was mine 
I've traveled the world that I've not seen, but I never met a cow. Pardon me, trick Just joining us, that was Strict Nine, written and performed by today's guest, Mary Kay, from her album, No Wilder Place. Here on Campfire Cafe, we always enjoy our time with Mary Kay because we know you all will be treated to rich, thoughtful, and inspirational music along with sparkling conversation. With a voice that grabs your heart and won't let go, Mary Kay is an internationally acclaimed singer-songwriter. She is at ease with beautiful three-octave vocals and amazing musical dexterity as she sings well-loved classics along with award-winning originals. Her distinguished songwriting and vocal abilities combined with her magnetic stage presence beautiful guitar playing, and fun sense of humor always make for a memorable performance. Mary Kay, like her song titles, knows how to ride a wide circle, wear fringe, and sing a song even if it's a song that has no tune. And we, the audience, benefit from her story songs of what happens when this girl meets West. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, our good friend, Mary Kay. Welcome, Mary Kay. Oh, my goodness. Your introduction. Bobby Jean, thank you so much. I loved that. Thank you. <laughs> Great to have you back with us. <laughs> oh, good Mary. morning, Mary Fun Kay. Well, hello. <laughs> my favorite so. radio host right there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a while since you've been on the air with us. What's happening yes. in your life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gary. Gary, Gary, Gary. Um, well, you and I have, um, we, <laughs> since our last interview, I think last June is when we announced that we had, that we were dating, right? Isn't we that did. When we announced that you and I were dating. And, um and I don't know how much of our love story we kind of shared on that on that show. You didn't show, share much at all. You didn't. No, share <laughs> not too much. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know it. We want to know it now. <laughs> well, actually, um, that show. If you listen to the archived um, show, there's this pause, this dramatic pause when Gary talks about. Um, I, I, I even forget what you said, but my phone went on mute, and so I'm trying to respond to the question, <laughs> which is like a, a critical moment 
I mean, it couldn't have been more critical than if you had said, will you marry me? And then my phone was on pause. <laughs> so I, I, I couldn't figure out why you guys couldn't hear me. And I realized that my ear had turned, put my phone on mute anyway. So if you want a good laugh, you should listen to that episode. I, um, Gary and I had started uh, talking on the phone for his show, um, Living Room Sessions, um, back in 2020, right during the pandemic. And um, I, I was going through a really horrible, hard divorce. And um, he and I just really enjoy talking to each other on the phone. And, you know, who wouldn't fall in love with that wonderful voice that he's got on the phone? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, it's a pandemic and I like talking to Gary. So I'll just practice my flirting skills and call him and talk to him. How, how dangerous could that be? He's in Nashville and I'm in Utah. And so I called him on a Sunday morning, actually when I was recording my last album, um, uh, Frontier. And I said, so, hey, hey, Gary, how you doing? He said, fine. I said, so, you know, is it okay for me to call you? Do you have a girlfriend or anything? I just, I had not dated since I was 17 years old. And so um, what did you say, Gary? Uh, I said, I don't, Carolyn. What are you doing Friday? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Just kidding we, about that. Just kidding. About that. <laughs> we, um, we got to the point where we were just talking all the time and we actually really started, we fell in love, I think, even before we saw each other on a real date. Um, And still to this day, we have to, we have to stop talking at night because we just really enjoy talking. And um, we are, we are best, best buddies, best friends. And, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's like being in a relationship that's the equivalent of a nice warm bath. It's just so comfortable and easy. And um, it's, it's been wonderful. So we got married in October and um, lived in Utah. We were planning on living there for um, the duration of our youngest daughter's schooling. But she decided that she wanted to go to the Nashville School of the Arts. She applied in visual arts and in choral, was accepted into both, and decided to stick with visual arts. And so we sold the home in Utah and bought a beautiful house here in in Nashville. This is the first time Gary and I have been without horses in our lives. And so this has been a really big um, change for us. But it's an important change. It's an important season for um, the girls our two youngest daughters to get education and also for me to have opportunities in music and uh, Gary as well with his radio shows. And it's, it's just a God thing. God's hand has been on the whole thing. And here we are. And um, honestly, I've been off of social media just because I really just needed the space to focus Mm -hmm. on the move. So mm-hmm. I've spent the whole interview just talking, and y'all haven't got to ask one question. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question right now because we're going to get some music. And, and okay. by the way, you are my best friend, and I love you to death. And 
Honey. And always been one of my favorite guests on the show, even when we were just hosting guests. But uh, right now, there's a song called Ride a Wide Circle. And this weekend is the Western Heritage Awards uh, at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum in Oklahoma City. And I am looking at two Wrangler Awards as we speak that you have won. One of them was for Ride a Wide Circle. Tell us a little bit about the Western Heritage Awards and, uh, and what's it like to attend that thing and receive an award. Well, it is definitely the Oscars of the Western uh, music, film, and art industry. It's um, a red. It's literally a red carpet event, and they do such a beautiful job with that event. And it's one of the few. It's one of the few um, venues or um, places that you really feel that Western heritage is understood. I mean, there's even you can even watch Western movies where you don't feel like they get it. They don't get cowboy culture. But this is a venue that gets it. Everybody there is, has an appreciation and a true, a true connection to Western heritage, all aspects of it. And so it's a, it's a pretty fancy, fun event to go to. And I can hardly wait to go with you, Gary. Well, we're going next year. When we get there, yes, we are. We're going next year. But this is a great song, and uh, and congratulations on your two Wrangler Awards. But this is called Ride a Wide Circle. When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Mary Kay in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. It's a kind of stillness felt only before dawn. He knows just in there He'll throw his side along He shakes the bridle And she huffs a hello He likes to read the gate When there's many a mile to go Hard summer morning Slow trot to power beneath him but the balance is all his and he'll ride a wide circle checking stock and making plans cause he's got dream tied hard and fast and they hold him to this land yes he'll ride a wide circle and today he'll Ride alone in a saddle that's no rich man's trophy, it's a working man's throne. He doctors cattle, but he is no physician. He hums a James Taylor tune, but he is no musician. He rides the fence line His daddy's daddy rode before The same big sapphire ceiling The same sweet grass floor Cowboy life will 
Take from him a little blood and sweat each day But for a third generation American dream That's a paltry price to pay So he'll ride that wide circle Checking stock and making plans Cause he's got dreams tied hard and fast And they hold him to this land Yes, he'll ride that wide circle Cause he knows he's not alone This range, his granddad's dream His daddy's now his own May circle be unbroken by and by, Lord, by and by. There's a better home waiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. May the circle. Talking with our guest, singer-songwriter Mary Kay, that was her original Ride a Wide Circle, the title track from an album. And as Gary and Mary Kay mentioned a minute ago, this particular song was awarded in 2016, the uh, Wrangler Award, actually for original, outstanding original Western composition. It's her first of two Wranglers. And Mary Kay, I want to just chat about this song for just a moment, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the next one, Girl Meets West. Um, you know, it was really fun. Gary pulled, pulled a great playlist for today, and it kind of goes over your career in many ways. And one of the things that I love about your music are those songs that are inspired not only by original uh, historic events, but also by um, poetry or stories that have touched you. And the liner notes to Write a Wide Circle talk a little bit about this song. And I wondered if you could take a moment and just talk about uh, Owen Abadget. Badget is, I think, the name. And how, and how you also chose to add wonderfully... Um, uh, you know, may the circle be unbroken at the end of this song. It's a fabulous composition. Oh, thank you. Um, Owen Badgett's a Montana poet and lifelong um, cowman. And he um, is of the ilk of um, not ever really owning, um, well, not to my recollection, ever owning the cattle that he's worked. He's worked with wild wild mustangs and burros and 
um, various ranches, and he just has a heart for um, recording and preserving Montana ranching history. So he has compiled um, books that he's put together throughout his career, and he is always kind enough to send them to me. He's from Ingemar, Montana, and it's such a small area that when he sends me a book, he wraps it in a, every time, and this is maybe four or five books, he wraps them in um, a brown paper grocery bag with tape, mm-hmm. and the return, mm-hmm. the return address is Owen Badgett, Ingemar, Montana, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's, that's, that's all. That's all. Um, But he's written some wonderful um, lines, and this was one of the I used in the beginning introduction um, some of his words and tied that in. And so I wanted to I wanted the song to have the feel of what it's like to ride circle and to come Mm -hmm. full circle. And that song Mm -hmm. at the end is a song that really does that. It combines Western music with the eastern roots of mountain music, and um, yeah, it was it was fun to put that song together. Mm-hmm. Now, on this um, particular CD, and Gary's got this song queued up for next, is of course another one of my favorites, "Girl Meets West." And that's got a little bit of a backstory. Plus, it's kind of become your, I don't want to say tagline, but you were doing videos and you've got a, a, a special event that you um, that you host every year that goes by that name. So tell us a little bit about Girl Meets West. Well, it's um, it was inspired by all the traveling that is involved with being a singer. I always say um, 90% of being a singer-songwriter is not singing or songwriting. It's driving. (laughs) It's getting getting to where you're going to sing or songwrite. And um, so I was spending a lot of time on the road and getting to see amazing places in the West. And when you sing Western folk music, you get to see some really out-of-the-way rural ranching agricultural communities. And so I was just falling in love. And you see a lot of references in the songs to different areas that I visited. Um, But it's also a reference to a woman who is really stepping out of the the box that she's been placed into. If you listen to the first verse, um, I was experiencing a lot of, um, and I probably didn't put this in the liner notes. I don't remember what I wrote, but. I was experiencing in my small community, my small, very religious community, a lot of pressure about becoming a working mom, especially a singer. And um, it was very, very hard for me to step out of that acceptance. I, I was still supported, but I was still, I, it, it was not, definitely not the norm. And you feel that in the lyrics of the song. And it was um, a song that I wrote that was really helping me come to terms with this this different part of my life. And um, the retreat, the Girl Meets West retreat that I put together is to introduce women from from everywhere to come and see the real West and to kind of step out of the norms of their life and do something that's um, that's you know out of the box as well, 
This is not a long, long week retreat. It's a short weekend retreat. And um, the gals that come to this retreat, I call them the hippie cowgirls because Mm -hmm. there's this lovely combination of cowgirl and hippie in each of the women that come. (laughs) It's definitely a Christian um, gathering, but a non-denominational Christian gathering of powerful women. And I think the thing that's come out of this retreat, which we hold in um, Escalante, Utah, at the Slot Canyons Inn, is that um, the networking that happens between these women to help them, support them as they move forward with whatever career goals they have. It's definitely a powerful networking opportunity to not only see somewhere beautiful, but to meet powerful women. And so it's, and it's affordable, man. I think it's only, um, I don't remember numbers. I think it's like $500 for a luxury day and food included. And it's just a life, lifelong memories and friendships are made. So that we're holding our Girl Meets West event on February 25th through 27th. And now you guys can talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the other things that, um, that the liner notes, that's fabulous because you just shared some things that are not in the liner notes, but you happened to be dealing with the flu when you wrote this. Yes. And, and you were like flat on your back, you say, with the guitar vertical. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a great song. And then she comes out while she's sick. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I maybe it took being sick to be that brave with some of the words that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> another thing about songwriting that always amazes me is I didn't start playing guitar until I started um, songwriting. So my guitar playing has um, greatly improved from the beginning of my career. But the thing that the thing that makes me know for sure that songs don't really come from the songwriter. There's, there's like this, there's like this collaboration with the divine is that even with my feeble guitar skills, sometimes with the song like Girl Meets West, I'll have guitar, uh, I'll have chord combinations that um, come to me that are well beyond my ability to play until after I write the song, which is always, a, it's just this, you would think that you would be writing with what you know, but a lot of times with writing, and this is an example of this kind of writing, you'll write beyond what you know, which is a cool experience. Well, it is a great song written on the flu and flat on her back. It's Girl Meets West. We'll be back in just a moment. Looking for the girl next door Well, she don't live here anymore She's got money for her pocket A Bible for her soul Gas in the tank and a wide open road Why she don't work nine to five is your best guess That's just what happens when girl needs wet Someday she'll motor to your her six string throw some music down songs like bullets that will pierce your pain 
stuck in the saddle again If you start feeling clammy Or shortness of breath She's put you into cowboy cardiac arrest Mexico, which is in the state of Hidalgo, 
And um, so I wanted to honor um, this special heritage. And this song was my first attempt to do that. Well, it was a good first attempt. And <laughs> Thanks. You do a great job on this. And I got I got to say that Alicia is so much fun and such a sweet person. And uh, she is. And it's kind of kind of nice to be in Nashville, isn't it, with her? You get to take her to get her nails done and all that kind of stuff. Yes, we went and got our nails done yesterday with um, the two youngest daughters, um, Adeline and Cece, and it was just it was just fun. I texted her last night and said, oh, what a fun time, and feel grateful that I have this time with her, and it's special. It is special. And this is a special song. This is called Jealous of the Moon. We'll be back in just a moment to talk more with Mary Kay on the Campfire Cafe. I'm jealous of the moon. She must love you as do I. Glows and clouds in the sky. I know I see you soon, but she can't see you now. I cannot sleep, I have forgotten how. Never fought in love with the tall man. They are married to the season and the cattle are their bride. The moon above perhaps sees more than me of the cowboy I long for, the cowboy I cannot see. Near to tears of fire. I can hear my heart faster beating and treating for tonight. I'm jealous of the moon. Tengo celos de la luna. Estás lejos tú de mí Mi alma duele porque no estás Mi deseo es una pluma Yo te veo rara tu Yo no aguanto más aquí sin ti Never fall in love with the tall men who ride. They are married to the seasons and the cattle are their bride. The moon above perhaps sees more than me of the cowboy I long for, the cowboy I cannot see. 
I can hear my heart about to beat from her album Dawn and Dusk, uh, Dawn in the Dusk. And this was actually, this song was named uh, by American Cowboy Magazine back in 2013 as Top Cowboy Song of the Year. And we hear some wonderful guitar playing. Mary Kay, a moment ago, you chatted a little bit about you and the guitar. So I'm going to take a moment here. Um, tell us a little bit about your history with the guitar and about the guitar playing on this song. And what guitar do you travel with and play with today? Well, the guitar, the studio guitarist for that song is a wonderful guitarist who's on most of the songs on my albums. His name is Michael Dowdle out of Utah. And that's that song he played on uh, a nylon string guitar. But I composed and travel on uh, two Taylor guitars. And both of the Taylor guitars that I play actually came to me um, from the IWMA, which is the International Western Music Association. And they were awarded to me um, when I had won Female Performer of the Year um, twice. So, um, that, I mean, of all the, the, the IWMA has given me many gifts, but those two guitars definitely um, are, are gifts to me. And uh, they've been great road guitars as well. Um, and mm-hmm. I use them, I interchange them quite often. I've actually played, I've played them so much that the frets are kind of, um, the brass frets are wearing down a little bit. I need to get those replaced. But um, that's those are my two instruments of choice. I know a lot of songwriters and guitarists will have a whole a whole slew of guitars that they that they collect and play. But I have a feeling that I will never be that kind of guitarist. <laughs> I'm very happy with these two, and it gives me um, a backup in case I need it. But um, I like the way they feel. They're very similar in size, and and so I that's 
I think comfort on stage, especially for me when guitar playing is something newer in my life, is um, important. I have another question before we go to the next song. And Gary, if I, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask another question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, one thing that some of us that um, know you well or, or you've been in our town to perform, we know you love to go looking for the secondhand store, the treasure store, the <laughs> vintage, you know, confinement store, all those really great yes. places. And I'm asking the question because some folks might not know about you, about that, about you. And also I know the next song he's going to play is Fringe, um, which is another one of my very favorites. But uh, so have you found some good spots to be shopping in your new location? <laughs> Well, you you do know me well. Yes, I love thrift shopping. Um, and, yeah, I found a lot of wonderful things, but I am very much missing thrift stores in the West where I could almost always find a nice pearl snap shirt or um, just that, you know, the hand-tooled leather purse or wallet occasionally. And I'm not seeing those as much in, in Nashville. I, I'm going to keep looking and hoping I can I can find that. But, yeah, I love oh, it, especially where – isn't that surprising? <laughs> yes, that is surprising because I would, I would have thought, oh, she's going to be finding all kinds of really cool, you know, embroidered shirts. I know Marty Stewart started his huge collection years and years ago when he was in a – some type of a secondhand or thrift store, and he found a makeup case, a tooled makeup case that had been Patsy Klein's. And so, I don't know, maybe Marty Stewart is just, you know, get get gets it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to keep looking. I have only been here a couple of months, so I I'm yeah. sure that those yeah. finds will come to me. But those are treasures, you know, when you find something that's special. Oh yeah. Yeah. So tell us about Fringe, and then I know he's gonna play it. <laughs> it's. Um, I'm so glad I wrote this song. One of my favorite <laughs> things about um, the West is just the 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 weight and the um, the fluidity of leather fringe. And at a dance, when everybody's wearing their best fringe jackets, and I don't know, just the movement. I thought this this would be a great song, and so it's really a song about just being at a dance and just having fun dancing. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a listen to Fringe, and uh, I kind of think we'll get her in some of those other types of things. <laughs> <laughs> Turn up the string boys and Aaron rising up your bow. Turn the soundboard on righty and turn the light way down. These are hard, hard times, and folks are coming head and Let it go, let it go. So dance all built in 1910. These pine wood planks have seen a whole lot of dancing since then. Been through two world wars, years of drought and the Great Depression. Put your best boots on and we'll play your song. We've been through hard times before. We can do it again. 
it on bad. Give me a sister, show those cowboys where it's at. Give a Texas twirl to that pretty little girl. Hold on, honey, we'll dance till the sun comes up again. Side bass is thumping, this joint is jumping. Folks from town and the county all around, every walk of life in every station. We've got bills to pay, but baby, not today. This is a Saturday night salvation. So put your best boots on and we'll play a song. Cause when your life comes unhinged, you can come on down and shake some bread. Take it on back. Shake some free. Shimmy at the show those cowboys where it's at. Shake some free. Give the Texas twirl. Shake some free. To that pretty little girl. Shake some free. Hold on, honey, we'll dance till the sun comes up again. songs I want to get to, and we're starting to run out of time. Um, the song that has no tune. Tell us about that. Um, this song is based on a poem, and um, I just fell in love with the poem and decided to set a poem about a song with no tune to a tune. And um, it doesn't get played very often, so I was surprised that you, you chose this. But it um, 
it's one of my very favorite songs. And I actually, because it's not played very much, I actually don't perform it live very much. But I feel like the song does a really good job of of just um, it of just stating what life is like when you're when you are working on the land, and um, so we should probably just play it. <laughs> <laughs> let's play it. Let's listen to the song that has no sense. An alarm sounds inside of his head As he forces himself from his warm, dry bed And with a lantern to aid his sight He stumbles out into the frigid night And the snow raises his voice to complain As if his footsteps are causing it pain And he hopes all is well be home soon and his boots on the start of the song that has no tune and the coyotes sing without refrain a haunting chorus of pleasure and pain and the cattleman shivers and clutches his life And the coyote's house peers the night And he thanks for love, he's not dead To this song without faith or treble cliff Beneath darkest skies and crystal Finds the heifer who's just given birth As she jumps to her feet to prove her worth She warms her calf with her hot breath He must rise soon to ward off death And the cattleman wonders if he really knows Is it now or a hundred years ago Stockman is past, but I assure you, friend, that he's not the last. To her, the stock that grave got her. It was shepherds first told of his son's birth. So the tidings to all and turn to the world on herdsmen's God's grace is still unfurled. A thousand years from now, I assume. 
It's one. It it seems to be one of the most important things. Actually, it's playing through a song, and the songwriter that you're writing with will say, "Okay, that's it. I mean, this is our time constraint." And um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that is is because you know, if you're writing some of the songs that you know, if it's going to go on an album. Then, mm-hmm. if it's a little longer, it's okay. But if you're writing songs to get airplay, they need to be shorter so they get airplay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I that's think true. I think that's it. You know, really. But uh, talking about I songs that are a little bit longer, uh, I've got another song that's a little bit longer. But I love this song, okay. and uh, this is probably another one that doesn't get played often enough. It's called "Any Name Will Do." Tell us about that. So great. So great. Oh, well, this song I wrote, um, it's historically accurate. It's about Butch Cassidy. And um, I had read probably four or five books about Butch Cassidy before I wrote the song. And so the, the frustrating thing about writing a historical song is a song, unlike a novel, is you... It's just you're so constrained by words. You can't mm-hmm. you can't have a lot of words in it. So I just put you have to go with um, a chorus and you tie the verses into that. So I tried to do that with this song, and just saying that he really Butch Cassidy really spent his whole life wanting to get away from the outlaw business and just never did manage it. <laughs> And um, I think that it was a regret for him because he did have a lot of personal charm and charisma. People loved him. And I think he wanted to do better, but he never was able to. Well, this is a great song. It is called Any Name Will Do. We'll be back in just a moment. Born a sweet-faced boy, a Mormon man in a cabin where the poplars grow. Circleville remains there still, everybody knows. But Robert Leroy Parker is a name you'd not recognize. There are left in 1884, left tears in his mama's eyes. Tears in his mama's eyes. The outlaw trail is wide and wandered and whispers to the young. Leroy learned to run an iron, how to ride and use a gun. Tried his hand as a butcher, man, did high time in the penitentiary. From that day to the present, his name lives on in the books of history. Any name will 
All of us had a knack for doing wrong. Oh, Butch could do it right. Rob Cat's gate and brought daylight. Escape by pale moonlight. Outlaw gathered around him like moths to a flame. Sundown sails, he bed and Logan formed themselves again. There was a wild bunch for sure. The funny thing about fire and a lesson to be learned. Ain't a soul alive who can survive without getting himself burned. Drinking hard, keeping low, powder smoking, playing cards. Will take that toll on your soul when you're running from the law. Check your backbone, check your back. Where can you run from the things you've done? Saddlebag is golden, never buy back your soul. What good is fame in the outlaw game when you go into bed? Thank you both for having me on and 
asking such fun questions and Gary for picking out such a fun. You just have a really, you. it always amazes me with your radio show how you just pick out such good good songs. And it's fun to hear the artists realize that you've picked songs that not everybody <laughs> recognizes. So it's well, um, just a great job. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well, Bobby, we look forward to seeing you before too long. So when are you and Jim going to be traveling back out here in the east? Well, we don't have any travel. We had sort of hoped to travel back east and to see my mom uh, sometime maybe in October. But with everything going on and and all, we're sticking pretty close to home. So probably well, not going to see Mary you Kay guys and I are this fall. Take you guys out to dinner, Mary Kay. Yeah. Well, all right. We we'll have to look at the calendar for sure then. All right. <laughs> we have right. an invitation. Well, Mary Kay, right. I had a I had a request for this last song that we're going to get to, and it is from the album Frontier. It's one called A Horse Called Freedom. You want to say anything about this song before we go? Um, this was inspired after going to a branding at the Moorman Ranch um, out in the Great Basin of Nevada, and there was a there was one of the cowboys that was roping. And um, he was just amazing with a rope. And his name was like a Scandinavian name. I couldn't believe it. But he he had been um, an exchange student from um, a Scandinavian country and had moved. He'd always wanted to be a cowboy. And so he became an exchange student out in Nevada. Ended up marrying the rancher's daughter and was... Um, just one of the best hands there with a rope. And I thought it was inspiring that he had created this life from the other side of the world. And so he's the one that kind of inspired this song. And then the song went on like songs do to mean so much more to me about just um, living, you know, experiencing freedom in our lives and creating what we want out of life. So, well, it's a great song. It is from the album Frontier. It's called A Horse Called Freedom. Mary Kay, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. Bye, Bobby. Bye. Heard about a land where the cowboys came. Take a picture on the wall from a magazine. Got a renegade heartbeat in his chest Gonna beg till I borrow his way out west And to see all stage on and on Gonna learn the way of a native son Gonna turn the Kevin B. 
Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. When we come back, we'll be talking with Rod Mays with Three Point Center and Hurricane Utah, and we'll be talking about wild mustangs and wild deer. Stay with us. Been carried below the knees. I've never been hobbled, I've never been tamed. You can't touch me, baby. I'm a wild Mustang. I'm a wild. I'm a wild. I'm a wild. I'm a wild Mustang. You can build your pants, horse high, hog tight. You can track me, baby, all day and all night. You can try to run me off of my range. <laughs> but you can't touch me, baby. I'm a wild Mustang. I'm a wild. I'm a wild. 
you can rattle your can You can shake out your coolie hand But I'll never be kissed by a she-wolf's fine You can't catch me, baby, I'm a wild mustang I'm a wild I'm a wild Welcome back to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. That's Wiley in the Wild West. song Wild Mustang. We're going to welcome down Mr. Rod Mays, who is the Equestrian Director with Three Point Center in Hurricane Utah. And uh, Rod, how are you? I'm doing good. I love that song. That's a perfect song for the topic that we've got <laughs> to work on. I loved it. Uh, well, I can see good. the horses saying just that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm so glad to have you join us. We're going to be spending for the next three weeks uh, talking with different equine therapy programs. And yours oh, is a little bit different because you work with adopted children that are having trouble. Uh, so Correct. let me just let you tell us a little bit about what you're doing and tell us about how the wild mustangs fit into the whole thing. Sure. So, uh, so all of the students here are adopted. That's the main criteria. So they all have, you know, that in common with each other. And as we, when I first started working with, I've been doing therapy with kids and families for about 25 years and. So I came to this opportunity, and they had a couple of horses, and they were doing what most people call equine therapy, which is you do groups, and then you include a horse in it, and some kind of an experiential opportunity that helps draw in certain topics, you know, anxiety, dealing with fear, such. And that's a great, I mean, working with horses of any kind in therapy is uh, fantastic. Well, I uh, had a young man that I... He was he he was adopted out of uh, Ukraine, and uh, through the years he he just got to a point where he just didn't really care at all about his family. I remember one time he said we're in a family session and he says to his mom, "Look, um, I don't you know I don't have any real uh, hatred towards you. I just don't can't stand you." And mm-hmm. uh, you know I, my heart sunk. I was like, "Oh wow, that's a hard one." So I took this young man and I started taking him out to our ranch where we had some horses. And at first he thought that was pretty dumb. He's like, you know, this is this is really a waste of time. But but the alternative was to go to school. So he decided that he might be able to get out of the classroom, you know. So uh, as I we did that for several months and the horse and him really connected well. The horse was actually just like him. It was very afraid. No one could work with it. It would run away. And uh, so this uh, young man. He texted me one night after he'd left. He'd been gone for probably six months, and I'm about to crash in bed, and up comes this text message, and he says, um, Rod, I just wanted you to know um, I really appreciated what you did, but more than that, I want you to know that the work that I did with Angel, which was the horse that he worked with, saved my life. Now, this isn't wow. a young man who was expressive at all. You know, I mean, he... He spent his early years in a crib in the Ukraine, and he'd cry, and nobody would come help because there's just too many kids. And so he learned to not really express emotion. So I, I thought, wow, that's that's quite a statement to say he 
saved his life, you know. Yeah. So I started looking around, and um, I came across the Arizona State Prisons. They work with wild mustangs. They had some videos out there of interviews that they had done, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, I wonder if we could do that. So I went down there, spent a couple of days, and um, actually spent time with the inmates there for about three days. And I asked them, what do you think of this idea? And one guy shocked me, and he said, I said, you know, because he's working with Mustangs there, and I said, so what do you think of this experience? He said, this is the first time that I've been able to love myself. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and this guy was, he's in his 40s. I don't know how many times he'd been in and out um, for drug use and that, and uh, it was just kind of an amazing statement. And a lot of the statements from the inmates were that kind of a comment of, uh, I learned to love myself. I, If I had this earlier, I wouldn't have been in here three or four times. And so I went away from that going, this is something we've got to do. So what we do so we have the traditional equine therapy. All the kids in our program are involved in that. That's uh, once a week. But we have this Mustang program, and the kids that want to, they apply to it. Um, they're involved with it. Their first 10 weeks, which they hate, is uh, they have to muck stalls and uh-huh. uh, water and feed horses, you know, just to help make sure they have the commitment there. Right. And uh, then then they we give them a wild Mustang, which... So here's the irony to it. When we first start asking around to our colleagues in this uh, field, what do you think about having wild Mustangs with kids? And and without exception, we were told, you're an idiot if you do something like that. That's mm-hmm. that's dangerous mm-hmm. and it's just dumb, you know. And so the owners were like, mm-hmm. they pushed back a little bit. They said, eh, you know, I don't know. I said, just trust me. Let me just try with one horse. So we got one, and and, and uh, she was fantastic. And the kids really started to warm up that whole thing of interacting with something that they, these are kids that don't attach. You know, they've been in and out of foster care. Um, they were often um, released or taken from their family because there's a lot of drug use, abuse, and the family couldn't overcome that enough to take care right. of the child. So they're feeling like throwaways, you know. And uh, so when we realized what this was doing and and honestly had no idea just how deep this was going to go so we started getting wild mustangs from blm we just we'd go down to their facility uh yesterday i just came back last night with uh, eight horses from oregon oregon uh burns oregon okay and uh so these kids it's it's so amazing that you, you put these kids in there with this wild horse the kids are terrified they don't trust they their focus when they get here their focus is safety they're they're like little monitors you know they could tell you in a heartbeat everything about you that they can notice you know just from being around you because they just they're like little scanners they just uh, they're trying to be safe yeah, yeah. They, they've got to be safe and so the horses are the same way the horses the mustangs are terrified so we put those two in together and some amazing things that I hadn't even anticipated happen um these kids the one thing that i wanted when we were starting this was i wanted these kids to be able to train a wild horse they all you know not not all of them i want to say that but many of them feel like they're failures you know that really they are just a throwaway person and so i wanted them to be able to gentle a wild horse so when they were left when they left here and somewhere down the road they're going to have struggles like we all do 
I wanted them to be able to say, no, wait a minute. I did something that not that many people in the world have done. Mm-hmm. Train a wild musk and kind of have that in their toolbox to say, you know, if I did that, I can do some of these other tough things. And uh, I've actually checked in with a lot of the kids that have left, and that's the one piece that they still are very proud of is that they trained a wild Mustang and the similarities that they saw with themselves and their horse. Um, I'm going on and on. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, this is something I have a great passion. I, I love, and I watch these kids make changes, um, and it's just so amazing. I, one young lady that uh, I, you know, she was just a short little petite thing, and I gave her a large Mustang, uh, and I worked with her, telling her, you know, you got to be more firm with this horse because it's just walking all over her. And she mm-hmm. said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, finally, she started making some progress. And this horse turned around, was gentle, and it, it got adopted. And uh, later on down the road, she was. Uh, we had some tours come through, and the people wanted to see you know, a student working with a horse. So I had her come over, and I said, why don't you tell them about your experience? And she showed them the horse that she was working with at the time. And she said, uh, you know, this has been a great experience. I've really enjoyed it. So I stopped her and I said, well, tell them what, what you take away from this whole experience. She said, well, okay. And I figured, okay, she's going to say that Rod kept pushing her and trying to get her to be more firm. And, you know, that's, that's really what I expected. Right. And she said a lot of that. And then she said, but that's not really what I'm taking away. And this this young lady is a little firecracker, so I thought, oh boy, what what are we going to get? There's, <laughs> these six people are sitting on the bleachers listening to her, you know. And she said, what I take away from this is, when I was working with this horse, I realized I wasn't being firm with it because I was afraid that if I really pushed it to do the things I needed it to do, it wouldn't like me. Oh wow! And I thought, mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's interesting. And she said, and that took me to. When I was before I was here, she said I, the boys that I was with, I let them do whatever they wanted to, because I was afraid they wouldn't like me. And she said, mm-hmm. working with this horse put all that together for me. And the people in the in the audience were in tears. I, I think my mouth was on the ground. I just thought, wow, <laughs> how does a horse teach somebody what they need to, you know, what they need? And these mm-hmm. horses, they do it every time. Every time, I, you know, I'm just amazed at how they show up. And it doesn't matter if they're with, you know, they could be two different students, and that horse will react differently to each of them. And uh, that's just kind of an amazing piece that we've found. And like I say, I didn't even imagine it would be this. Uh, that it run this deep for these kids because they really yeah. take a lot away from it. And I think, you know, really in some ways, and I, I don't want to get the therapy world upset with me, but I'd almost say that a session with a horse is worth 50 in the in the office. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, I, mean, I would have to agree great. with you. They, yeah, they just, I'll probably get some heat mail, but that's okay. That's really what <laughs> I feel. I've been a therapist for a long time, you know, and I've watched the changes. Because these kids go in there with them, by themselves with this horse, right? And they have to negotiate this relationship, and they do. And, in fact, uh, I have many of them that when their horse gets adopted, they're in tears and they're feeling you know, bad mm-hmm. and good at the same time. 
Right. And you think, well, that's really tough for these kids. But these are kids that don't attach. They haven't been attached to people, to things, because they they live kind of a philosophy of, when am I moving to the next foster home? So I don't need to unpack my bags. I don't really need to make an emotional connection with these people because I probably won't be here long. Um, and so for them to connect with a horse, you know, I, I, I hate to see the, the pain that they go through when the horse gets in a trailer and goes away. But at the same time, I look and I think that's pretty amazing that they were able to make that connection. And that's really the focus of our program at Three Point Center. We're not... We're not a behavioral program that's, you know, do these three things and you get these rewards. We don't do any of that. We don't believe in rewards and punishments. What we do is we focus on the relationship between their parents and in some situations their biological parents. That's why we get the three-point center, the the adopted parent, the biological parent, and the child. Okay. We try and build that. You know, we want to build that piece. And these horses do an amazing job to help us with that. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for Mustangs for that reason. Just the, well, the that's, that's that pretty play. amazing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, um, Rod, how do how do these children come to be at Three Point Center? Are this is this um, something that their you know, parents, their adoptive parents, yeah, their, their parents, their adoptive parents have come to a point. So, you know, you'll see these kids and you'll think, well, I don't know why they're here. But their parents can tell you, you know, we had to put real locks on our doors because we were afraid of our child, afraid they were just going to hurt us at night. Oh, wow. um, they, just, they, you know, tend to destroy things because when they get upset, they haven't worked out the, okay, I can deal with this, I can manage it, which is things that we work on. They just, because of the experiences they went through, they didn't have the neurological development process that helps develop the pathways. So when you and I get upset, we know better than to tell our boss, you know, hit the road because we want to keep our job. Um, These guys would say hit the road and then some and and bust your car on the way out. So the parents go, they've been through a lot of trauma also because their their thought was, I'm going to adopt this young child. It's going to be a great thing. And everybody's going to be happy in the end. And the parents still want that. They just kind of run out of resources. And so when they come to us, they're, they're pretty much just like, I don't know what else to do. And they, they have turned to friends and other family members who say to them, well, you just need to love them more. And, and without exception, all the parents would tell us that's the message that everybody gives them, that basically you're failing. Because you're such a failure, your kid's having trouble. Doesn't take into any, you know, anything inside the idea of, well, what about the drugs that the mom was using? Um, did that have any effect on this child's ability to regulate and to attach? And, mm-hmm. and of course, it does. And so when they, when the parents come here, we bring all the parents together, so they can they workshops. Plus, they just have time to interact with each other. And they'll tell, they've told me many times that this is the first time they felt like someone actually understood them. And I'm talking about the other families because they can be in a group and say, some days I just like to shoot this kid. And, and most people go, oh, my gosh, how can you say that? Well, the people in that circle go, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. We, you know, we had those moments. They don't really mean they're going to do that. They just say that's how bad the frustration got, the fear. Yeah. So that's kind of therapy for both children and parents. Oh, yeah. When they come there. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things we tell the parents is, look, you need to just um, 
you just need to take time for yourself right now because they are feeling guilty because they brought their child here. Um, you know, Christmas may come around and they're like, I should take them home, but yet we've never had a good Christmas in years. And we'll say, you know, if you want to, you can, but don't feel like you have to. Let's work on that relationship first. And uh, over time, it's amazing the changes that happen because we're not focused on trying to get a child to jump through hoops. Because once they do that, they know, oh, I jump these five hoops and then I get to go home. Yeah. yeah. Well, those are the uh, normally, hoops normally are how long do children stay in your program there? They're here for about, on average, about 18 months. Oh, wow. And they, they come from all over, um, East Coast, West Coast, and a few local. Right, right. So I so would it's imagine a, it's a, you see a tremendous change in these children from the time they come in to the time that they've gone home 18 months later. Oh, yeah. I had one young lady that kind of went into the program kicking and screaming. She wouldn't talk. She wouldn't talk to anybody for months. Hmm. And when she got into the Mustang program, things just turned around, and, and she <laughs> was actually, you know, kind of that, maybe, now how do we turn the faucet back off? Because she just, mm-hmm. she started voicing her opinion about everything, which is great. <laughs> but, at the, you know, at the time, it was like, you'd get her, you'd, I remember I'd say to her, so you like that, right? And she'd just kind of look at me, and I'd go, I'll, I'll just take that to yes, because she just wouldn't <laughs> say anything. But after she started speaking, you know, she let you know everything about she didn't like this, and you shouldn't say that, and da, 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 which is great. You know, I mean, that's yeah. where we're trying to help them go to. So, and and uh, I checked in her not long ago. She's doing great. She said, "I'm just living the boring adult life now, going to work and doing those kind of things." I just laughed. I thought, well, that's that's better than where you could have been, because you know some of these kids have been trafficked um, by other people, by their um, biological family. And so when they start feeling better about themselves, I, I just see that as a win. Not that their journey's over. They've still got a lot of work to do. Yeah. But they can see there's a possibility. And that's, that's really what I hope for, for them. Well, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk more with Rod. And uh, Rod's been for a while. Yeah. So you will understand this song. This is called Green on Green. It's Marianne Kennedy. We're going to come back and talk more with Rod Mays with Three Point Green. Center in just a moment on Saturday. Thank you. Green on green makes black and blue. Wouldn't ride that horse if I were you. It's like walking on a hot tight wire. Dynamite too close to fire. Today you might get off scot-free, but chances are eventually he'll go up. You come down, that's when you'll understand this song. I can't tell you what to do, but green on green makes black and blue.
I were you, it's like walking on a hot pot wire, dynamite too close to fire. Today you might get off top free, but chances are eventually you go up, you come down. That's when you understand this song. I can't tell you what to do, but green on green makes black and blue.
such. And so we don't focus on that piece. I mean, our facility takes a beating all the time because there's so many, and you've got a whole group of kids that struggle with being able to regulate their emotions, their fears, their anxieties, and kind of, you know, manage it. I guess is really best, the best way to say it is we manage all our experience to a point. Um, they haven't learned to do that. They haven't uh, built that ability in. So when they start to get anxious, they don't have to go clear over the edge from anxiety to screaming and crying and, you know, that finally ended up into a big blow-up. That's that's the struggle these kids will have, and a, mm-hmm. a behavioral center would focus on okay, you do, you just busted a window here, so now you're going to lose your phone call privileges with your parents for a week, and you're going to have to go out and pull weeds and you know very mm-hmm. much a, a negative kind of negative reinforcement process that they would use, where we would say, why did you break the window? What's what's actually going on? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And because the window is not the focus, the what's right. going on for you, which tends to be on mm-hmm. relationships, right? Yeah, that's right. That's really the focus. I, I found it very interesting that, of course, you're working specifically with teen teenage um, kids, and um, it seems the being adopted is one of the sort of qualifiers. And I guess adopted, even if they were adopted at birth, I'm so naive. I would think that coming into a family and being adopted at birth, some of what these kids experience wouldn't necessarily be part of their experience. But um, it would appear that it certainly can be. It doesn't really have to do with at what age were they adopted or how many foster homes they were in. It is Mm -hmm. something that is with them from the beginning that was very eye-opening to me um as a total outsider and i would imagine yeah i was just saying that's not to say that adoption doesn't work adoption is still great you know um this is not the majority or the common case these are kids that uh had other struggles and that so I, I'm, we wouldn't advocate that people don't adopt because adoption is a fantastic right. opportunity. Mm-hmm. Would um, some of these behaviors, um, they would appear sooner than teenage years, I'm kind of guessing. I guess my question is sort of like, what kind of guidance can we give um, adopted uh, families um, when some of these behaviors begin to appear earlier than te- teenage years. Like, you know, can we get them with horses faster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be great. You know, I, the sooner the better, really. But the, the the main catch that people have is they think this child is just acting out and we just need to be firm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the mm-hmm. kind of advice that people give them. Love them and be firm. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. So these mm-hmm. kids haven't de- developed a, what we call a neural pathway. So give you an example. So if like I got glasses sitting here on my desk, and I if I want to pick them up, I just reach over, grab them, and put them on. I don't I don't think about how do I do that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've got a neural pathway that's developed that says reach with your hand, grab it, pick it up, and I can do it really quick. If you think of like a, a like an infant. If I if I had an infant trying to grab all of my glasses, they'd grab all over the place, 
and maybe have it and, and might even break them because they just don't have that full pathway to pick up those glasses like they will over time. So these children haven't developed some of those neural pathways. So the good news is they haven't developed them, but they can develop them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they develop them over you know, overexposure to these opportunities, um, which is where we really focus on is let's help develop these pathways versus focus on can I get this kid to come through the door quietly. That's not really what I care about. I care that they build something that will that will last, you know, something that's going to help them further than just how they behave here at our center. And, and I guess, a lot of research Rod, that's too. where the horses come in because the horses yeah. are mirroring their action. And, uh, yep, and you're, you're right on target. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so they, they start experiencing the, the uh, – successes, the failures, they start realizing, here's, a, here's another example. So I'll have the, one of the kids in the round pen with a horse, and they'll have a, a stick and string, and I'll say, what I want you to do is just take this stick and lift it up with the string and make the string kind of float through the air, just like it's a feather, because we're just trying to get the horse used to some motion around it. And they'll take that stick, they'll grab it, and whew, 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 you know, like mm-hmm. they're going to try and whip mm-hmm. the world, and I'll be like, oh, let me try this again. Real soft like a feather. <laughs> Again, they're like, they can't get to because they haven't developed that pathway to be sensitive, you know, w- with their, their emotions. And so, I, you know, I, at first when I was doing this, I'd be like, wow, this kid's not listening to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm showing them what to do. And then I realized they need to do that more. I need to focus just on that part rather than go all the way towards the horse, let's just get them figuring out how to do that light feather motion so then they can use that as a tool. But I just didn't catch that in the beginning. I was just like, I think they're just not listening to me, but they were. I've already got pathways where I can get my muscles to do the certain soft things that I want them to. And uh, that's really the kind of the big picture focus Mm -hmm. is help them develop pathways for proper emotional um, reactions and for understanding and interacting with people and that because these are if you hang out with these kids you wouldn't go oh yeah I can see why they're here you would not see that it isn't like they stand out and go oh wow those are those adopted kids they don't they're not like that yeah. at all right you know but when but when they get dysregulated life has pushed them beyond what they can manage and for some kids that's not very much um, then you go oh. I, I can see what the parents are talking about. So it's uh, well, you know the com- the the relationship between man and horse is pretty amazing. And so whether it's helping children uh, understand and accomplish what they need to be accomplishing to get back into the family relationship that works, and whether it's a soldier with PTSD that needs to yeah. Get hold of things, or uh, children with disabilities. Magic of horses is just awesome to watch. And uh, Rod, tell us how we can get in touch with uh, Three Point Center and maybe a website. And I and I think you're on Facebook. Too. Yeah. So um, if they want to, if they have questions, they want to contact our main office. They can do that. Um, our number. Is four three five 
635-0636. And our website is threepointscenter.com, and, and the three is spelled out. Okay. And uh, if they want to see the Mustangs that we have that the kids are working on, they can just go to mustangalleyutah.com. Oh, and wow. we show all of them. And uh, we're working on a new opportunity where the kids will actually do videos and, and tell the adopters oh. or the, you know, the potential adopters, here's what I'm doing with this horse and how far along it's oh, gone. Wonderful. And wonderful. Give them more ownership. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, is, that is great. Well, you have been great. So, so much appreciate you taking the time to be with us and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. And I'm sure people are going to want to visit your website and, uh, and keep yeah. up with the videos to see what's happening. Thank you for the opportunity. This is very kind of you to give me a moment, to, especially I love talking about Mustangs. I hope someday that I can just go around and talk more about how to use Mustangs in, you know, in therapeutic programs because it's, they're, they're amazing. They are amazing. They are amazing. Yeah. Rod Mays, thank you so much for being with us today. You bet. You take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bobby Bell, this has been a fun couple of hours. It sure has. I can't believe we're out of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, it's gone. It's gone. But anyway, yeah. it was great to visit with. And again, uh, three points center and spell out the three dot com. And also visit the Facebook and uh, Mary K Holt. That's K A Y E Holt dot com is her website. And you can order her music. And uh, and I think she's going to have some merchandise a little bit later that you can get as well. So that's definitely Bobby Bell. Such a talented lady, and uh, and I can say that I'm prejudiced. Yes, you I can. <laughs> well, it's true. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh. So uh, we're running out of time. Give us a good yep. closing thought for today. Okay, this is from A. Nielsen. Happiness adds and multiplies as we divide it with others. Say that one more time. Happiness adds and multiplies when as we divide it with others. I like that. I was never good at math in school, but I like that. <laughs> that, was great that was a great thought. Next week, Ron Christopher is going to be with us on the Campfire Cafe. We'll be visiting with him and sharing his music, and then we'll also be visiting with another equine therapy organization on Saddle of America. But right now, we're going to close out the show today with Should Have Been a Cowboy. It's Carlos Washington, and we invite you to join us next Thursday at equestrianlegacy.net for the Campfire Cafe in Saddle of America, or visit us and listen to us on podcast. Bobby had a lady today that uh, sent me a message on Instagram. She said, I just found you guys, and you have become our favorite podcast. So you can listen oh, to us on yeah, Spotify, <laughs> iHeart, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes. We're on all of those places, as well as EquestrianLegacy.net. But right now, let's listen to Should Have Been a Cowboy, and we'll see you next week on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Bet you never heard of Marshall Dillon say, Miss Kitty, as 
Oh, I should have been a cowboy. Oh, I should have been a cowboy. 